streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Ladies and gents, welcome back once again. You guys know what time it is. Yours truly, all things covered. Pat P, Brian McFadden, big time episode for all you football fans, all you football lovers, and most importantly, all you fans of Steelers. The Steeler Nation stand up on this episode. We'll get our very own Pat P's first reaction to the Steelers' new outstanding draft class, along with some other nuggets in regards to what we all witnessed this past weekend. Stay and before we get into our show, make sure you like and subscribe and drop your thoughts in our comment section. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend, especially on YouTube. We love to have back and forth with you guys, with you guys so we love seeing your comments in our YouTube comment section. Drop us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like the, like the show, make sure you continue to give us your eyes and your ears and tell a friend to tell a friend. Pat P, first up, man, Steelers draft check-in, right? Steelers draft check-in. Me and you have already talked about it briefly about how well the Steelers did in this past draft. But for you, when you talk about the first-round selection, I know you kind of gave your analysis on what you thought would happen. I did as well. They went offensive line. What was your thoughts on the first-round selection by the Pittsburgh Steelers, specifically speaking, tacking the offensive tackle position? Man, I thought I knew that we would go on the offensive side of the ball just because, like I said, the history, you know, of it, of, of it being itself is, you know, there's no we're, we're all not blind to the fact that, you know, we need to, you know, keep our quarterback upright, keep him young you know, quarterback, healthy, by the way, young quarterback upright, young franchise quarterback who the Steelers drafted uh, last year, who I believe have a ton of promise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's future, you know, so going out and getting a guy and, uh, and, uh, and, and bro, Derek Jones, um, I, I feel that it definitely felt that need, you know, it felt it, 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 it's given the, the, the quarterback an opportunity to feel comfortable, not only the quarterback, but the running back as well. Because like I said, on my hit with HQ, uh, mm-hmm. CBS HQ, Jones is a body mover. This guy's a pocket maker. You know what I mean? So he, <laughs> he, he gives, the quarterback, the ability to stand strong and stand tall in the pocket. I thought the pick was outstanding. And not only that pick, going down, you know, from round two to round three, what I thought the steal of the draft, although Joey Porter Jr., we we kind of thought that we would kind of get him. I think I know where uh, you're going. Man, Darnell Washington. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I thought, to me, I thought that was a steal in the draft. And, Knowing the history of the draft, those third rounders, tight ends, some third round tight ends. Hey man, they always come they out massive. special for some odd reason. <laughs> hey Pat P, have you ever in your long career have you ever covered someone who's six 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 seven? I don't think so. The tallest I guy so. played was was Calais, and he and we played on the same side of the ball. Yeah, y'all on the same side of the ball, and I mean Calvin was like six four. Yeah, Calvin was 6'5", 6'6". You sure? I thought he was like 6'4". Hell yeah, every bit of it. I mean, I'm I'm talking about his combine measurements. Like I think he was 6'5 at the combine. I I think he was 6'4 at the combine. 
Yes. Okay, he was six five. So so skip the other. Hey man, Mac, I know I had to guard that monster a couple times. Yeah. So <laughs> Calvin would be the tallest you've ever covered. He, no, yes. actually, how tall is Vincent Jackson? Vincent Jackson's about like six four, six five, too. I had to guard Vincent Jackson and um he was he played for the Chargers too, Malcolm. Uh shucks, what's his last name? 80s. Uh, number 80. 80. Malcolm. Yeah, slim. Slim yeah, and tall. Too. Yeah. Well, freaking Darnell Washington is 6'7". Yeah, he's 6'7", but he's the tallest for sure. <laughs> he, 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 is, he is going to be the tallest. Uh, I'm right there with you in regards to the steal. Um, with him being available at the end of the third round, I was surprised to see that. And you add another weapon. And the unique thing about Darnell Washington is that he's like an extra tackle. Right. Because he's, he's, he's really he's good in the run game as well. So yeah. now, if the Pittsburgh Steelers and Matt Canada, if they want to come out into this old school mentality with 12 personnel, 12 personnel for our listeners, our viewers, is basically we have two wide receivers, two tight ends, and one running back. If they mm -hmm. want to go out and utilize 12 personnel, most defenses, because you have two athletic pass catchers at the tight end position that you have to respect, they might come out in their nickel package or their dime package. If that's mm -hmm. the case, you can just run it down the teeth of their defense. Right. Right. Because you got they got little bodies out there in my being respectful of the pass. Or if they want to put bigger bodies out there, you still like your two tight ends in that matchup against bigger bodies that are not nickel or dime like guys. So right. this is a unique, could be a unique matchup nightmare for Matt, opposing defenses. I got I got a I got an opposing question for you. What you got? And to me, I was thinking about this last night. How would you compare this team? To your rookie season, because it has comparison. Because mm. when Ben Runt went won his first Super Bowl, he, that was his second year, right? Second year, that was second year. That was the second year. You guys had receivers. You guys had Heath Miller. You guys had Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker. You guys had an old savvy. No, no, I won't say old. I don't like using that word. A savvy defense. Experience. How would you compare the two teams? The rosters. Ah, uh, that's a good question. So my rookie year, Ben, that was Ben's second year, as you mentioned, comparing the quarterbacks, Kenny going into his second year, Ben going into his in his second year at that time, Ben rookie year, he, his the structure around him was different because mm -hmm. when Ben when Tommy Maddox got injured, the Pittsburgh Steelers had vet vet after vet. So Big Ben came into a situation where everything was already laid out around him. He just needed to play smart, sound football, in which he was able to. You know, yep. Kenny walked into a situation last year, not necessarily a rebuild, but that team was still trying to create its identity with a lot of new, new nuances at it. And also, yeah. too, Ben's rookie year, that team went 15 and one. Ooh, right. So I going remember. to his second year. Shoot, the expectation was pretty high, which which his second year, my first year. But what I'll do is do it. I'll do this. The difference between Ben's second year, which led to a Super Bowl win, compared to what we're getting ready to witness in Kenny's second year, Ben had ex more experience at the pass catching position. The yeah. only young guy was Heath Miller, who was a yeah. rookie. Everybody else was really experienced. They've been a part of the Steeler organization for quite some time. You know, you got George Pickens, who's going to be count on a lot coming in year two. You know, Deontay has been around the block for quite some time. Hey, Allen Robinson, this is first rodeo with the Steelers. You know, you got some new pieces on the offensive line as well. So the continuity for Ben in year two was well established compared to what Kenny is getting ready to 
embarking on in regards to some of the new faces, right? And then defensively for us, I mean, the only really new face on our defense in year two was clearly in the second day was me. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was there. You know what I mean? So in the second day, everybody was 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 a part of the team for quite some time. The first level defensive line wise, everything was there. Um, you look at the linebackers, everything was there. So we didn't really have a lot of new faces. You know, for you guys this year, Pat P, you're new to the organization. Um, you know, Joey Porter, who wasn't just like myself. I was drafting the second round. He's drafting the second round. He's going to be a new face uh, uh, to the defense. Um, you look at some of the linebackers, you know, y'all don't have a lot of new faces, but we had more established continuity. So I think yeah. that's the difference as well. But, you know, the talent for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, and I would love to get our fans to comment uh, in, into the comment section. Where would you rank the talent based on the free agency moves and now the draft? Like, where would you rank this team in regards to talent and potential from what we've seen in years past? And Matt, and that's where I was going at it because when I just look at the roster off top of my head, the talent is kind of compatible to that, whatever, what that was, 05, 06? 05, 05. 05, 06, you know, roster, not, like you said, the continuity and you guys have been there. You guys, you know, those guys had expectations through the roof. But at the same time, that was that was uh that was Bill that was Bill um Coward last year, right? Uh no, that was his uh Bill Coward last year was 06, 05 was one year before he left. So so did oh so Tomlin came in. No, so Bill Bill won the Super Bowl though, right? Yeah, in 05. So Bill left Bill last year with us was 06. So the 05 year, which was my rookie year, was the year we won the Super Bowl. Gotcha. Tomlin so- came in 07. Gotcha. So what what I see from the difference is the talent level is there. And then mind you, you guys had, you know, we don't have any Hall of Famers yet, but you guys mm-hmm. had. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the difference. And- <laughs> so so let, let me break down. I was just having a conversation with somebody about this. I said, man, for me to not be an old guy, I played with a lot of Hall of Famers. So mm-hmm. we had Alan Fanica on that 05 team, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Jerome Bettis. On that 05 team, Hall of Famer. (laughs) Troy Palomalu on that 05 team, Hall of Famer. Eventually, we believe at some point in time, Heinz Ward. Oh, yeah. Hall of Famer. To be able to get into that Hall of Fame. What about James Harrison, who wasn't even a starter? Right. On that team. Right. Potentially Hall of Famer. So that's the thing. And it's going to take some time for us to even realize on your your current roster, of course, you you, you should be in the Hall. Right, TJ Watt, the direction he's going, he should be in the hall. Um, I, I forgot about Big Ben. I played with Big, on Big that ben, 05 team. That's what he's I gonna said. be in the I've hall. So, so we're talking about. I just named how many? I just named. I think like five or six. Alan Fanica, Troy. JB Troy. Eventually, well, let's say we know for sure Ben is going in. So that's four guys right there. Yeah. Eventually, we believe James Harrison and the Hines should be able to get in. That's a total of six. And that's a total of six right there. So hey, that, don't that, for, don't for, which Pouncey you uh no, you didn't play with none of the Pouncey. No, Pouncey wasn't on that 05 team. Yeah. Like I, I played with Pouncey later on, but yeah. in that Super Bowl team, and, and I like this question because there are a lot of connections with the 05 team compared to the 2023 team in regards to having a second year young quarterback 
Both are first rounders. And clearly for Big Ben, year two for him, the expectation is pretty high, not just as an individual, but just overall team wise. And I think the same can be said for Kenny Pickett in this year's Pittsburgh Steelers team as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good question. But, yeah, the talent, man, well, if we go throughout the entire draft, we just talked about uh, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter, uh, Keanu Benton, a great, a big-time play at the nose tackle position, nose guard position, uh, Darnell Washington, uh, Nick Hargbig, who has a brother on the team as well. I mean, it's a family reunion right now if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they're doing. Uh, Corey Trice, cornerback from Purdue. And Spencer Anderson, man, let us know how you feel about the draft, man. How excited you you were watching the draft, seeing Omar's first draft and, and, and everything he was able to do. And we're talking about a family affair. I mean, Cam and Connor Hayward are brothers. Cody White is his dad is a scout. Wow. Uh, Patrick Peterson, of course, we cousins. Joey Porter, Jr., son of Joey Porter. Nick and Nate Harbick. Or, or, or their brothers and remember also tj had a brother on the team as well i don't know what his status is but it's a family affair man so y'all boys should be extremely comfortable man around each other and around the building because clearly that bloodline means something to the steelers organization pat Pete. yes sir and i love it man i can't i mean i can't wait to get this party started did you know that while over 60 percent of americans dream of starting their own business less than 20 percent of them take the first step the reason building a business is tough Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. I got a I got a draft question for you, Pat P. If oh, you were in this, if you, if young LSU Pat P was in this draft this past week, what would your fit look like? Like when you talk about nowadays, yeah. how these guys are wearing the you know, you were more generic, you were more traditional, right? You were more traditional, <laughs> but we know you love the swag and seeing how the swag has kind of changed over years. Hey. What would your fit look like? Hey, that's good you asked me that because. Honestly, Mac, it probably would have been the same. All yeah. I would have probably did was change up my watch because I had a Rolex on, so I probably would have went Paddock for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a Paddock uh, guy. You love Paddock. Yeah, Shout out to know, Paddock, I, too. I'm, if you want to sponsor the show, just let us know. Yeah, you know, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, pres- a presidential type of guy, so I definitely would have had a Paddock. That's the only thing I would have changed. And probably my shoes, because I had hard bottoms on, mm-hmm. I probably would have had some sneakers. or Designer some, uh, sneakers? Yeah, some sneakers or some, maybe some loafers. Yep. You know, something like that to be a little bit more uh, uh, comfortable, you know, walking down the red carpet. But for the most part, I probably, probably would have kept it the same. 
And also, I would have I would have changed my 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 sunglasses and my suit probably wouldn't have been LV. You know, LV was big back then. I probably would have got me like a Dior when I it ran. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have me a Dior, Dior fit suit. Uh-huh. Uh designer sneakers. Yeah, designer sneakers or loafers, uh, paddock watch. No belt. I don't want to have no belt because, you know, like I said, presidential. Yeah, it's different nowadays. Yeah, I got to go mm-hmm. European style. Yeah. So no belt. Yeah. Uh, a fly, a fly tie, of course. And man, and some Christian Dior um, sunglasses. The, 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 the light tenant ones so you still see my eyes. See eyes. No question. Yeah. I already know. I already know. And, talking and about I still would have my rocks in because I still don't wear no chains. Yeah. yeah. I would have yeah. my big diamond uh, earrings in too, though. A few carrots in your ear. Yeah, about about seven somewhere. <laughs> the boy heavy boy said about seven. I like seven. <laughs> hey, speaking of Christian Dior, Joey Porter Jr. revealed to us on our show over a week ago he was rocking. He would be wearing a custom Christian Dior suit. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to walk up to the stage to show off that suit in day one. But day two, he fell. He was right there for the Steelers with the first pick. In the second round at 30 at 32. How surprised were you to see Joey Porter still available? And how exciting are how excited are you knowing that you're gonna get a chance to really work with him through and through, get a chance to share some of the knowledge on and off the football field with the with potentially your your young protege. Man, you know what's crazy about I was watching the drive, I was watching, you know, the entire first round. And watching it go by. And when I saw Christian go, Gonzalez go, when he went 17, whenever he went to New England. Yeah, he went to the Patriots, might, the Patriots and Steelers swap picks. Yeah, I said, we might have a chance to get him just because looking at the picks after that, they wanted corners, but knowing the teams, they they didn't, they wanted like more shiftier guys, more guys that's, you know, a little bit, a little bit smaller in, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, per se. And I can't even know who went. So I know Dante Banks. Uh, went, uh, Deontay. Deontay Banks Dante was the Banks. only corner to go after and, Christian Gonzalez. And, and, uh, and what's his measurement? Uh, he around 6'4", like 197. He ran 4'3", also. Okay. So it came down, it's basically what it was going to come down to what teams want you know, in their corners. Yeah. And teams, after Christian got picked, I knew it was going to be one team that was possibly going to need a corner, and that was where... Uh, Deontay went and he went to, man, what did he get picked to? Deontay went to the Giants. Giants. So yeah. after that, I knew it was going to have an opportunity because teams after that pretty much have established, you know, corners on their roster. So when I saw that happen, I was like, damn, that this might come into fruition. You know, mm-hmm. he really might end up being my teammate. And lo and behold, you know, the Steelers end up taking him the first pick in the second round. And now we're going to be able to make some magic happen. And I'm excited because having the opportunity to speak with him um, on our pod a couple uh, a couple of days ago, just hearing the uh, his his knowledge of the game and how good he wants to be, you know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 legwork that he's putting into uh, greatness. Because like I tell guys all the time, greatness is not going to be handed to you. You got to put the work into it. You have to be dedicated to it. You have to be patient. You have to be, you know, honed in on your craft every single day, you know, throughout the year, even if you're just chilling on the plane. Mm-hmm. How can you get better? And just having a conversation with him, 
I sense that from him. So I'm very excited to, to be his teammate. And uh, like I said on my hit, man, it's going to be crazy playing with him. And I guess I know it's going to – I guess I have a feeling what LeBron is going through playing with a, a colleague or ex-teammate son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can really feel like LeBron because you played – you were teammates of Joey Porter Sr., my bad, and now you're playing with his son, so no question. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's unique. That's unique. So what are so, – the first thing you're planning on sharing with Joey Porter in regards to playing corner in the next level. What, 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 if you can, let's say I'm Joey Porter Jr. right first now. Step. I walk up to you, Pat P, man. You know, what I need to know, Pat P, like what I need to know for me to be able to be at my best in regards to covering these guys on Sunday. What would your response be? First and foremost, man, your body. Mm-hmm. Understand your body and take care of your body because. Your body is something that can be your successor or it can be your failure, depending on how you treat it and how you take care of it. Mm -hmm. So with you being a rookie, you want to get ahead of the game right now of taking care of maintenance work, getting two and three massages during camp because your your workload is going to be totally different from my workload. So making sure you're getting in the cold tub, making sure you're hitting the sauna, making sure hitting red light treatment. Your body is your temple. So mm. take care of your body and sleep. I know a lot of young guys, your first year in the league. Well, Joy, I know it's going to be your first year in the league. You want to go out and party. Damn that. Yeah. Off season. Well, the, the good thing about Joy, you know, he's a Pittsburgh kid. He actually drove after they drafted him. He drove to the facility because, you know, they still reside in Pittsburgh. Perfect. So he's not in an unfamiliar city atmosphere Perfect. so it's not like everything is new to him so he should be well endowed in regards to knowing what to do and what not to do so that's the and, good thing and like i said you you got nine months to me this how i this how i treat treated it you know even when i was a rookie you got eight months to give your craft all you got yeah everything you got everything and the other yep. four months you can relax no question. So for no those question. eight months, you got to be dedicated to your craft, to yourself, and also to your teammates. Because to me, I didn't want to let my teammates down. I mean, Adrian Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. Darnell, those guys are telling you. Me, with me being a rookie, I didn't want to let those guys down because I knew how much the game meant to them. Yeah. And for me, I knew how much how much the game meant for me. So my performance, every time I went on, uh, put something on wax on Sundays – it meant something to me. So I wanted yeah. to make sure that it showed. So therefore you said the body after that, cause you, you're good enough. You know, you, you, you're in the lead for a reason. There's only 2,300 of us. So you're good enough to be here. So now you got to do the things to stay here, mm-hmm. which is like I said, number one is the body. Number two, number two, be a student of the game. Yep. You have to be a student of the game. You have to watch yourself. You have to watch numerous opponents because everybody's different so you have to you have to understand how to adjust how to adjust to certain opponents so you have to really be a student of the game understanding how guys different releases how guys different breaks like justin jefferson and and d hop they break out of routes totally different Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean so you have to be able to understand that going into games uh-huh. And the last thing I'll say is, I already said, get your rest, you know, uh, you take care of your body, film study, 
And the last thing I uh, I probably I probably tell Joy is um make sure you find a way to eliminate the outside noise mm-hmm. because the outside noise can be something that can be a hinder a hinder to your performance on the field. Worrying about this, that, and the other. What's what's not going on inside the facility? My my coach Kevin Ross always told me. I don't want to live in that, that outside this bubble, meaning inside the NFL. Yeah. I don't want to live outside that bubble because that's not for me. And I feel like for me as well, that's not for me. But at the end of the day, I have to adjust to that because my day is going to be, you know, called upon at some point in time. But when you come inside that bubble, come inside that, that facility, nothing else matters. Mm. Because if you put bad stuff on tape, you're in the training room or you're not, you know, you're not being what the organization wants you to be. You're going to be right at home facing those problems that shouldn't have been problems, you know, heading, heading into something that's so valuable and important to you is and that being, being the best that you can be as a ball player to still continue to, provide for whoever that it may be because everybody got different agendas but Mm -hmm. if you want to continue to still do that you have to find a way to block out the outside noise take care of your body and be a student of the game no doubt no doubt hey because 13 years and it's proven that's what i did hell it go by fast don't it (laughs) no question so whatever advice you can give him clearly it worked because it worked for you Mm -hmm. it worked for you so, Pat P, outside of, you know, Joey Porter as an individual, in the first round, I mean, the corners, there it wasn't the number that we thought we would see, but in regards of, to the position of the first corner coming off the board, it kind of surprised everybody. Devon Witherspoon went number five to the Seattle Seahawks, a guy who I really liked his game. Um, when you look at some of the top corners that have been drafted extremely high, last year we saw Derek Stingley Jr. go three, Sauce went five in 2020. We saw Kuda go third. Um, and, and when you look at some of the other guys, Denzel Ward went fourth. 2016, Jalen Ramsey went fifth. You went fifth in 2011. Um, when you factor in seeing a corner go that high, were you surprised to see Devon Witherspoon be the first corner to come off the board and secondly to be picked at five to the Seattle was, Seahawks? No, I was not surprised seeing uh, uh, Devon uh, Devin, I'm sorry, Devin being picked uh, top five because I knew it was going to be a toss up between him and Christian. But mm-hmm. Devin, what he brings to the table is attitude. He brings a punch. And it also, <laughs> he's a ball hawker. Yeah. You know, so he reminds me so much of Jalen Ramsey when I, when I watched the film on him. And I was not surprised that he was going to be uh, the first corner. And also, he fits that Seattle Seahawks mold. Mm-hmm. He fits that mold of Seattle Seahawks as far as being physical in the point of attack of the ball and also being a great tackler in space. Oh, great tackle. And that's the, I think that's the thing that set him apart from some of the other corners. Yes, the way I agree. he approaches tackling. It's not yes. about trying to get you down. No. He's trying to inflict pain. <laughs> while, He's trying to break you. <laughs> yeah, while getting you down. And he will run up on anybody. He's one of those undersized boxers that would get in the ring with a heavyweight and don't care. And he's right. looking for the same result. Me <laughs> knocking you down. And you got to like that. You got to like that. And he and like you talk about his coverage ability. I said he covered like Darius Slay, but hit like Brian Dawkins. 
That's yeah. a heck of a that's a heck of a combination. And, and honestly, if you th- if you think about that, hell, that's what Jalen Ramsey is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Brian yeah. Dawkins, and he can cover the best of them. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey got the best scoop game in the game, though. If you ever oh, see him man. tackle and he wrapped them legs up, boy, you Ooh. know he was a wrestler. He used hey. to love wrestling because he will scoop you <laughs> quick. Boy, he could get you. You know, you know, we used to wrestle your friends in the backyard, boy. The first person to get underneath you, boy, you might be going elevate. You might be getting elevated a little bit. <laughs> that scoop game Jalen Ramsey got, boy, is top tier. It is different. It's no different. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that scoop game. But I said, yeah, Ray, Ramsey used to wrestle a lot when he was a young boy. Cause no, that no scoop game, but he got, well, he wrapped them legs up. Boy, you getting ready to go up off the ground. He going. <laughs> yeah, we, and we got to get Weatherspoon on the show too, but at some point in time, man, he a Florida kid. You know, we love getting this going deep up deep, and off the ground. Up, y'all, no question. You know how, man. When I remember the first time I got scoop slam playing football, man, <laughs> I was so scared because I ain't have no foundation. My feet was off. Right. <laughs> and I'm up in the air. I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna fall. And I don't know if I can brace my fall because I don't know how I'm gonna fall, man. That scoop game, man. You know you get ta- hey. you get tackled the right way and get scooped up. Hey, hey, I'm trying to tell you that scoop tackle definitely uh <laughs> passed off a couple concussions too, my guy. No question. <laughs> right. you remember we had them, we had them shut them egg helmets, them egg, yeah. them eggshell uh, egg helmets. No question. That, that old that old yellow skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 old school helmet. They don't know nothing about that. You you well, better have a pad in that. And you remember the one that had the uh, the blue thing inside that you could take out and put mm-hmm. it in uh put it in the freezer. Uh huh. Hey. I remember that. <laughs> With that ragged well, mouthpiece. You remember back in the day right we used there. to put the bubble gum in our mouthpieces. Yes, sir. But you have all kind of gumming and 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 you wear that the entire season. Right. The same mouthpiece. <laughs> you just keep adding bubble gum to it. Boy, you talking about germ on top of germs. And funky? Oh, oh my goodness. We didn't know no better, though. That was the norm for us. You know, these kids nowadays don't know nothing about that. Boiling that mouthpiece and putting it in the hot water. Oh, to yeah. Form to your teeth. Okay. Hey, last question for you before I let you go. In regards to Will Levis, he was there, thought he was going to be a top five, top ten pick. The media had the camera on him and his family the entire time. Do you, like, kind of... Fault the media in a situation like that when you're supposed to be a top five guy or top 10, worst case scenario, and you have to sit in the green room the entire time. Like, do you think the media should be more mindful and sympathetic of that player who was supposed to be worst case scenario top 10 still sitting there at 20 and clearly not going to hear his name called? Should they just kind of take the attention off of him and stop putting the camera on him because it, it felt so weird. They kept yeah. putting the camera on Will Levis and his family. Man, I feel like, first of all, nobody is guaranteed, you know, top 10 unless, you know, a team is desperate at a position and we pretty much know what the number one pick is going to be. But after that, it's almost like roulette. Like you really don't know what's going to happen after the first pick. You know, the first yeah. three picks you kind of yeah. know – you kind of have an idea what's going to happen. But after that, trade's going to happen. Just like we saw in the first night. We saw two mega yes, trades within the first 15 picks. Man, listen, trying to predict, I know there are so many people that that, that create mock drafts, but trying to pre- predict what's going to happen is like trying to predict March Madness, trying to pre- predict the, the perfect bracket. You don't know. Right. But you, I think, you don't know. Right, you don't know. But I do think the media should do a better job of holding back on showing the guy who was yeah. projected to be, you know, a high uh, yeah. uh, high pick 
and yeah. falling down the uh, falling. Down the I agree because it's as uncomfortable the, uh, as the uh, draft goes on. It's uncomfortable to watch, you know, yes. from afar. Yeah. So I know what he should have done. He shouldn't have put no dang on mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, that's his thing. He would probably have been uh, a little higher. This is the thing, and I, and I feel like this. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even, I don't drink coffee, but I wouldn't put mayonnaise in my coffee if I did. I'll say this and we'll go. For me, when you watch Will Levis at Kentucky, he had no business being considered a top five pick anyway. Yeah. Like for everybody that was saying the hype and this, and some people saying he might go one or two at one point in time. No. No, nah, he oh. wasn't no one or two. Yeah. He but went where he was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. The second round, Best case scenario, that's where Will Levis needed to go, and that's where he went. First round considerations, no. Not from what I saw in regards to consistency playing college football in the SEC. Because, heck, if you, if you go back to last year, Pat P, Will Levis wasn't a top three quarterback in the SEC last year. Right. So Exactly. Like, what are we talking about? But exactly. it is what it is. He went where he was supposed to go. I agree. And he went into a good situation. Yep that will require him to be needed. Hopefully not this year because they still have Ryan Tannehill, but he has an opportunity to sit and watch. Yeah, hey, quick, Mac, I got a quick question for, uh, for you before I know you got a quick hit. Yep. Do you even know what's in mayonnaise? Do you know how mayonnaise, like, do you know the ingredients? That's no, I, I I like mayonnaise on some of my sandwiches, like subs, and so I, if and it's something weird, don't tell me. Mayonnaise is freaking olive oil, a egg, a raw egg. Yep. Uh-huh. Salt and pepper, and you basically just whisk it, and that makes the egg. So why would you want that in your coffee? Wow. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I, 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 maybe Will can tell us if we ever talk to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, hey, Pat P, great show, like always. Steeler Nation, all our football fans, football heads out there, hit us in our comment section. Should they take the camera off prospects who are not drafted where yes. they're supposed to go? Yes, yes. Right, right. Yes. Steeler fans, are you excited about our draft class? Yes, yes. How, yes. Is there any comparison to Big Ben's second year, which was 2005, that led to Super Bowl compared to Kenny Pickett's upcoming yes. second year? Yes. There's a lot we need to yes. hear from. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot we need to hear from. But most importantly, thank you for listening to us and watching us on YouTube as well. Pat P, Brian McFadden, all things covered. See you when we see you. Peace. Peace.